Back in 108, I introduced you to Sabrina Gebhardt, a friend of mine and an amazing photographer based in Texas. Sabrina came on the show in episode 108 to talk to us about being the CEO of your business, and she is a true boss in her own business. One of the big things that she preaches is the importance of boundaries and really sticking to those um, once you've put them in place. But since we recorded that show, she and I have talked about how (laughs) as easy as it is to think like, yeah, I'm going to be the CEO of my business, it is a way harder, more complex thing to actually walk that walk, to stick to those boundaries that you set for yourself. So I thought that it would be a ton of fun to have Sabrina back on the show to talk a little bit more about the importance of boundaries, about reminding yourself why you set boundaries. It's not all about being selfish and, you know, keeping things exactly like you want them. It really does have real life practical impacts on everything from your bottom line to your time and even things like your relationships and your mental health. I'm super excited to chat with Sabrina. I know you're going to love this conversation, so I will let you dive right in. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Sabrina, it is so great to have you back on This Can't Be That Hard. How have you been? Hi, friend. Good. It is 2022. It's been a while since we've talked. (laughs) It has been for a while. We were doing, we were talking all the time, and it was so great. And then I feel like we both got just like crazy busy um, yeah, the last time you were here on the show, we you gave such great insights talking about being the CEO of your own business. And um, and I wanted to bring you back after our most recent conversation because you were sort of talking about or we got into the talk about like CEO of your own business is like a great catchphrase and it is a great thing to aspire to. But so many people who kind of set that as an intention or a goal, find themselves falling short. And that's like a, a really common thing. It's like you do get stuck in the in the mishmash of your business or the yeah. like, I don't even know how to say that in an eloquent way, you would do a better job. But um, <laughs> but that uh, that and then you had some like amazing insights as to how that happens and why that happens and what we can do to uh, prevent that from happening. And I was like, uh, 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 don't say anything else. <laughs> Wait, let me hit the record button. So, <laughs> yeah. so here we are on the podcast to, uh, to sort of do a follow up to the, to the being the CEO of your business and how, um, how to keep that at the forefront and not get derailed. So I'm going to zip my lips here and let you kind of jump in. Talk, talk to me yeah. a little bit about that. So, uh, you know, like you said, it's it's a surface level thing at first. You get into business and you realize you need to get some control. You need to start planning well and scheduling well and maybe get a CRM and maybe up your pricing and make your website better and do all these things. And you're checking these boxes. 
And then it gets messy again, just like you said. Like you're trying, and then it's almost like a New Year's resolution, and then you you fall off the wagon really quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's you're setting these intentions, but then there's no follow through. And what I have found is that at the at the root of this, it is a boundary problem, and it can be literally you're having problems with boundaries of your time, boundaries of your relationships, boundaries of your limitations, boundaries of what you do and what you don't do, what your business is. I mean, there's literally like how many boundaries can we can we tick off in this conversation because there's so many. But that's why there's no follow through, Um, because I mean, if you want to get really nitty gritty, like a lot of us, these boundaries we have, they are from childhood, from the way we're raised, from long-standing relationships, stories we tell ourselves. I mean, you can get into all of that kind of stuff. And boundaries run really, really deep. And it's it's literally trying to break the deepest, most ingrained habits possible, but they carry over from our personal life into our business. And that's where we get stuck. That's where we say, Oh, I'm only going to shoot, you know, this day a week. Well, but then I'm going to bend for this person and then this person and this person. And, you know, next thing you know, that's boundaries totally out the window. Yeah. That happens with everything. So I am a very big uh, guilty party in this <laughs> in this way. I'm like, no, no, this is how I'm going to do it. I, um, I think I've talked to you before. I use the full focus planner by Michael Hyatt and he has this perfect week exercise. He has you go through where you like design what the perfect week would look like and then try to make your real schedule look like that as often as possible. And that is always, it's like a pipe dream for me every single time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? At least you work through that and at least you keep it in the front of your mind, like because they're constantly reviewing the activity. I mean, let's be real. Like life happens. Mm -hmm. The perfect is never going to be there, but it's when you fall off the slope and you're, and you just give up like that boundary. You're like, I wish I could do that, but I can't. You can, Mm -hmm. you just have to intentionally set that boundary and then stick to it. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. You can't just, dream about the boundary. You can't just say it's going to be your new boundary. You have to actually stick to it. And I have found a lot of times what that can look like is knowing that you're going to have to, knowing that you need to set up a way to save yourself from yourself. Yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. You know, <laughs> and I have my pen and notepad out and I'm like ready to, ready to you learn. Know? Yeah. Um, so literally like that's where the beauty of canned emails comes in mm-hmm. and that's where setting blocks on your calendar come in and that's where deleting apps from your phone come in and that's where automations come in. That's where hiring an assistant comes in, put a middleman of somebody physically in between you and yourself. Right. Um, it's like knowing where you're going to fail. Like if I know that I am trying to watch what I'm eating, I cannot make a pan of brownies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have to think smart before I do that. Cause right. I know that I will sit down and eat the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. I can't even buy the box. Like, <laughs> no, no, can't, can't I just have to house. stay out of the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, okay. So that all makes a ton of sense. And I do think, to bring it back to the like Michael Hyatt perfect week thing, the reason that I do that every quarter when I start my new planner is that I do think that over time I have gotten closer to sticking to it. You know what I mean? Like the boundaries yeah. are in no way perfect at all, but 
from when I first learned about this because it's on my mind more and more. Yep. It's just it's almost like um uh I don't know, keeping an exercise journal or something like that. If you're if you're paying attention to if you're just the act of like keeping the journal makes you more likely to do yeah. the do the thing. So Yeah, for sure. And I also think there's an element of giving yourself grace to change and modify your boundaries to what works for you. Mm -hmm. And also making sure that the boundaries you're choosing for yourself are yours and not somebody else's. Right. I mean, it may be really cool to see other entrepreneurs with the 20 hour work week, or they always have Fridays off and that might sound great in theory, but maybe that just doesn't really work with you and your schedule and your family and whatever. Um, you don't have to do the same thing. You can figure out something else that works for you that you can stick to. Right. Yeah. So I know that you do a fair amount of like coaching and teaching about this sort of stuff. What's like, give me, give me the, you know, there's an ideal and then there's like the, the real, how do we actually set these kinds of intentions and become better about keeping them? Hang on guys. I have a quick message for you. Are you feeling stuck in your photography business? If you're bogged down or burned out or unsure what the next right step is, you're not alone. I've been there and I know firsthand that quicksand feeling where the harder you struggle, the more stuck you feel, which is why I created the Photographer's Business Plan Glow Up. The Glow Up is a five-part workshop designed specifically for photographers like you. In the Glow Up, I lead you step-by-step -step through a process that will help you clarify your goals, identify the sticking points that are holding you back, get inspired by some of the systems and strategies that are working today in the photography industry, and then create a completely custom roadmap to take you from where you are now to where you want to be. It truly is a glow up for your business. Getting perspective can be nearly impossible when you've got your nose to the grindstone day in and day out. So this short workshop is an opportunity to reset, reevaluate, and rejuvenate your business, and it's all on demand. If that sounds like exactly what you need right now, Click the link in the show notes or go to go.thiscan'tbethathard.com slash glow to get started today. So it's kind of like when you think back to setting your goals at the beginning of the year, a key to success there is understanding your why. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. You have to understand why this boundary matters, right? Like, why do you not want to ever be on email after 5 p.m. or after 4 p.m.? Like, you can't just say, I'm not going to open my laptop. I'm not going to open my phone. Okay, but like, why? Mm -hmm. Because I want to be with my kids. Because I want to cook a great dinner. Because I want to be able to watch the shows. Because I want to walk the dogs. Whatever it is, like, you have to know what the why is to support that boundary. Um, that's going to help you stick with it. It's you know, setting that goal or that boundary for yourself is just throwing out, you know, throwing Words. spaghetti on the wall. It's right. not going to stick until, unless you know your why, like, why is that important to you? So, so where did this start for you? Like, what was your first, or maybe not first, but like, what's a, tell me a story about a boundary that you realized, like, I have to hold hard, like fast to this boundary. Yeah. Um, so time is the most, I think it's, 
a huge struggle for all the photographers, right? right. It's the time and the overcommitment. And um, especially for those that have not been in business that long, mm-hmm. this is one of those lessons that I feel like you can preach to the newbies all you want, but until they learn for themselves, like this is something we, we all learn and just overscheduling, overcommitting. Um, but I went through a season where my business was successful mm-hmm. with air quotes here. You can't see us, but with the air quotes here, um, by all, by anybody else's imagination was successful. Um, it was hitting certain dollar amounts. It was certain amount of bookings. It was the right kind of clients, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I had no space in my calendar for anything to go wrong. Right. Like nothing, like literally we were just balancing this house of cards and it was all wonderful um, until it wasn't. And um, I went through a series of events and I can just talk about just the first one that kind of triggered this whole thing. But um, I had gone on vacation and uh, which I had blocked off for and all those things. I'd gone on vacation, but coming home from vacation, uh, we came home on a Sunday and I had already known that I was going to need a sitter all day the following Monday. This was over the summer. And so I already had a nanny lined up because I knew I was going to come back and just jump back into client work and editing and all that. But um, the day before we left from vacation, I was in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, this is probably just like vacation mode, stomach drama. I'm going to, you know, take some medicine and it'll be fine. But 24 hours later, we get home from traveling in a road trip, which was awful. And I get home and I mean, I'm like in extreme pain. I can't stand up without holding a counter. I'm literally like something is wrong here. (laughs) Fast forward to the nanny shows up Monday morning and I drive myself to the ER. Um, <laughs> and good reason to have a nanny. <laughs> yeah, it worked out well. I'm glad I'm glad I had scheduled that. So um, I drive myself to the ER and I was seen really quickly and it ended up that literally within like an hour and 15 minutes of me checking myself in, I was being wheeled into surgery for an emergency appendectomy. Oh. And... Um, <clears throat> That kind of set off, it set into motion this recovery and all the rescheduling and all of this. Um, Coming right off of that, if you've ever had an appendectomy, it's easy. Also with air quotes around that word, it's easy, but recovery is not easy. And um, I mean, I've had three C-sections and it was kind of similar to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's some recovery time and I went for a post-op checkup like two weeks later and literally within 24 hours of that checkup we had another family emergency and I ended up driving straight to Houston on the eve of Hurricane Harvey and um, because my beloved grandmother was dying and I stayed with her and I made it in time and I got to say goodbye and it was beautiful. And that was another story for another day. But Hurricane Harvey happened and I was in Houston right. and I was stranded for seven days, not able to come home. So I had those two events were literally like full stop in your business, full stop in everything. Um, all hands on deck, friends helping, my husband helping, like all these people helping and I had rescheduled a bunch of people after the appendectomy, but then after I lost my grandmother and the trauma of Hurricane Harvey, I came home and I was in a really bad spot. I was like PTSD, physically not doing well. I was crazy overwhelmed with the amount of people I had let down. 
And that was a huge wake up call for me that I'm doing too many things and too much and I'm not allowing enough time for me and my family and life events to happen. Right. Um, and so that kicked off this whole, this whole um, journey for me. If you'll say, I mean, there was a therapist involved and there was a lot of self-care and a lot of self-discovery, but it kicked off this journey for me personally to kind of reevaluate everything, Mm -hmm. every boundary I had, every part of my business, what I was doing, what I wanted to be doing, all of my personal relationships. And even though my story is extreme it is so similar. I see so many photographers balancing on that same thing, just waiting for something to fall and they're going to be in the same position. And so I've started talking about it more. I've been very vocal about my experience from then, which was back in 2017 to now about how all of this, you can't just compartmentalize your business and your personal life. They go together and you have to have healthy boundaries in place to support them both. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I don't think any of us have either not been in, I mean, that's sort of a, it's a great story in that it like really illustrates the point because it's like the one, two punch that you had. Yes. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, the, the universe has a way of kicking you while you're down, but um, yes. But it's also one of those things, anyone who hasn't personally experienced something like that lives in this state of constant, uh, like underlying stress, knowing that that could happen and not having any ability to control it because we don't like those things happen in life. People die, accidents happen, and it doesn't even have to be tragedy. It can also be something like an amazing opportunity comes along and you've painted yourself into a corner so hard that you can't take advantage. Yes. Um, Which is sort of the, (laughs) the more, the rosier version of the same sad story. But, um, but it really is something that I think as entrepreneurs, as artists, as people who are we are, um, I don't want to say afraid to fail, although I think that that's true in a lot of ways, but also we are driven to succeed. We want our businesses to succeed. So when somebody calls and says, you know, I want to have a session this weekend and we had blocked off that weekend for family time or whatever, it's so easy to be like, well, I'll just, I'll just do this one session in the morning. Nobody will even know I'm gone. And it like changes the whole nature of your own time. Um, I also think it changes. I think that one of the things that I have tried to work on in my own boundary setting life is the fact that if I can't keep a promise to myself, how can I keep promises to the people that around me that I love? Like, yeah, it's, um, if I can't say you're taking this day off and then stick to that, it's like there's that cascade effect where, you know, that house of cards that falls apart. Yes. Um, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. So, so in the wake of all of that, what yeah. were, how did you sort of move forward from that? How did you build back a business that did yeah. respect your life boundaries and, and vice versa. Yeah. So a few things happened. Um, 
the first thing that I did was, I mean, I sent an email to all the people and I'm like, this is what I'm going through. Um, and what that did is that really weeded out for me who I wanted to work with and who I didn't. Sure. Right. Um, and then I also did something which I do not recommend doing, but I was in the most extreme of six extreme circumstances. So if you look at the timing of this, this was literally um, like the last week in August, the first week in September. So we are rolling into busy season. Okay. Right. All that's already scheduled. Um, I refunded a ton of people without telling them. So I refunded first and then I emailed them because I didn't want them to be able to talk me into moving them later. I knew that I needed a bunch of stuff off my plate. And so I literally charged all these refunds and then I sent them individual emails explaining um, like 99% of them were more than understanding and supportive and they circled back around with me and we still work with them today. And it was all great. Um, but I, so it was that open line of communication with like, listen, all these things have happened. I need to take a break. I'm so sorry, you know, but as far as moving forward with my own boundaries in my business, um, and this is going to sound so cliche because you talk about this all the time. Like all educators talk about this all the time. Um, I raised my prices mm -hmm. and I lightened my availability so that there was more buffer space. Um, and just going back to what you were saying, we all want to be successful and we want, we hate to say no to money and to clients and all this, but knowing what my definition of success was, it was not the number of sessions I shot, right? It was all encompassing. It was this picture of what is the life I'm leading? How do I feel day to day? Do I have the flexibility to reschedule if a client gets sick or if an opportunity comes along or whatever? And just having that wiggle room was so important to me at the time. I, you know, my youngest was a baby. Um, and so I still didn't have like the full-time childcare and I was balancing like the schools and the child and then babysitters and the nanny and all these things. Right. And it was just a lot. Yeah. So I started being really intentional with my availability and when I shoot and when I don't shoot and how many sessions I take a week. Um, and it doesn't matter who it is that reaches out to me. Like when I'm booked, I'm booked. Um, and so another part of that boundary setting outside of my time and my availability was training and in some cases retraining my clients um, that I'm not going to bend over backwards for them, unless it's the most extreme circumstance, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to, I'm going to show them the care they show me, but like, you know, some little silly thing comes up and sorry, you know, or some last minute request comes up that I can't serve, you know, so training them through communication and um, setting expectations that like, this is when I'm available. This is when I'm not available. This is what I will photograph. This is not what I will photograph. Um, and just educating them mm -hmm. is huge from literally the very first contact. That's something that I build into email number one all the way through the process. A while ago, I put my proverbial foot down and was like, <laughs> I will never take another, I guess never is such a dangerous word, but I will not take a job that requires me to dress a certain way for photography. Like I am not interested in yeah. 
shooting weddings. I'm not interested in like the stress yeah. or the annoyance that I feel when I'm like, well, what am I supposed to wear? I have to be able to like climb up on a chair and get down on the floor, but right. I also want to look good. And also these shoes don't go well, but they're comfortable, but they're not going to. And right. I was like, this is stupid. That's not what I do most yeah. of the time. Right. Like I don't have, I don't have my, I used to, when I shot weddings, I had like a wedding wardrobe that I had. Right. But right. I don't have that anymore. So then it became this whole thing where I was like leading up to that. I would have all this stress. So it ended up that those, when I would take those things every once in a while, it was causing me this like outsized amount of stress and annoyance. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't need that anymore. I don't want it. No, no. Yeah. But I think that you and I are both, we've been in business for a long time. We have the luxury of past data to, mm-hmm. if not guarantee us that like our business will be fine if we say no to this opportunity, at mm-hmm. least reassure us that if right. you say no, your business will be fine. What would you say? Because I know I can almost hear them out there in the ether saying, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine for you. But when somebody calls me and wants a session, I have to say yes. What, what would you say to that person? Um, I would say, number one, I totally empathize. I mean, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. We've all been in the beginning, you know, am I a photographer? Can, can I call myself that? Am I making enough money? Um, so my question is, how far is the request in advance? If it is something that is months in advance, if you don't want to do it, say no, because you could be setting yourself up to not have room to take the jobs you actually want to take. Mm-hmm. But if it is a request that's for next week, and you know that you have nothing on the books for next week, maybe you don't want to do it, but you do need the money. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. Um, I call that Tuesday money. I don't know where I heard that term. Have you heard that term? Mm -hmm. Where did we get? Okay. I don't know where we get that term. I don't know who coined it, but Tuesday money is a thing you've got, especially like you're paying your bills and you're paying for systems and processes and your website and your camera. And so that's my answer is when it is in a last minute situation and you can take it on, you're not going to have to bend over backwards to make it happen. It fits into your schedule and you need the money, then take the job. But if it is something that is three months from now and you're going to potentially wish you didn't take it because something else, something else fantastic came along, then I say, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that um, it the Tuesday money idea aside, like it is legitimate that at least at a certain phase of business, at a certain phase of life, money is part of your why. Like, why am I doing what I do? Because I need to put money. I need to put food on the table. (laughs) I don't need to put money on the table. (laughs) Um, That'd be weird. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) We just spread it out. Um, No, the, uh, yeah, I need to, I need to pay my bills. I need to Mm -hmm. um, feed my children, whatever the case may be. Like that is a legitimate why. Yep. But that does have to be balanced to your point with the fact that there is opportunity cost. If you fill your books in the, you know, in a space in the future uh, with stuff that you hate doing or is going to potentially prevent you from doing other things or pursuing other things that you have to really balance, like, is that money worth it? So, yeah, yeah. Um, Because, and again, this is coming from a place of having been in business for so long, but I am a huge believer in there is no amount of money that is worth the pain and the stress and the chaos of burnout when Mm -hmm. you are in it, Mm -hmm. um, because it is a very dangerous place to be. And 
in the beginning, it's so common for a new photographer to literally take all the jobs, to fit in jobs into every crevice of their schedule. And if they're lucky enough to have, you know, clients coming at them from every direction, they say yes to, to all the things. Right. Um, but no amount of money is worth the pain, the struggle, the relationship problems, the depression, the health, the physical health problems that come from truly being in burnout because you are overworking yourself, which is a time management boundary problem. Yeah, so. this is such a it's such an important cycle to be aware of, which is the like, no, I'll just take whatever job I'll, you know, I'll let all the boundaries down because I'm trying to fill some, you know, space, a space yeah. in your wallet, perhaps, or like yeah. giant gaps in your calendar. But so many people, once they overcome that first hurdle, which seems like the biggest hurdle, <laughs> right. but it isn't almost every time. Like you can, yeah. if, with some like dedicated time and effort, you can fill your calendar. You can fill, you know, you can get people to pay you for what you're doing. Yeah. When you get to the part where that's overflowing and your calendar is overflowing and you're, you've already like hit the money goal that you were aiming for. Um, it's, the the thing that separates the people who will be sustainable long term with those who will not are the people who are willing to get past their fear of losing that and do what they need to do, which is set harder boundaries, whether it's bumping yeah. their prices or reducing yeah. the number of you know clients they take or I mean both actually. But um yeah. Yeah, because if they're not willing to do that, if they get stuck in the like, but I won't have this if I move forward. Right. Right. Those people. Yeah. They're like straight to burnout town. Yeah. And it's, it's the age old adage of change is uncomfortable, Yeah, you yeah. know, and they've been sitting in however long they've been sitting there at, whether it's a year, two years or whatever, but it is going to require some big changes in order to get to the other side, which is, you know, I don't want to say is magic and rainbows and glitter sparkles, but because it's not ever, mm -hmm. it's always hard work, but it's a much better place than they're in now, but they have to be willing to work past work through the fear to get to the other side. And it's, it's hard changes. I yeah. mean, I don't care how long you've been in business, raising your prices is hard, yeah. you know, yeah. and changing your schedule and telling people that you're not doing this anymore when you've been serving them is hard. Yeah. Um, but it's also adulting and, <laughs> and it's, and it's running a business and, um, it's, it all comes down to boundaries. And if you struggle with those same kind of boundaries in your personal life, telling people no, and, you know, turning opportunities down that you really don't want to do and all those kind of things, you're, you're probably, it's probably carrying over into your business. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We artists, I feel like are particularly messy about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why you know, it's so good yeah. to have you on here to remind us of how important it is to pay it, it in mind. Yeah. It's hard. Um, and it takes some effort and takes some, you know, some soul searching and some goal setting and some educating of yourself and some talking to some peers that'll cheer you on, but it's possible. And I have never, and I'm sure you can say the same thing. I've never met a photographer who has done the work and gotten to the other side and regretted doing the work or gone like, back. No, or it is a one-way no street. Way <laughs> yeah, like it literally doesn't, it's not a thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not a thing. Um, and so, you know, when people are scared, that's what I try and remind them of. I'm like, I promise you 100%, this is a guarantee that you are going to be in a better place, happier, you know, when you do this. You just have to rip off the band-aid. 
I was doing some coaching recently with a woman who has an extraordinarily successful business. Like she's doing amazingly well um, from a financial perspective, like among the best in terms of like solo photographers that I've ever talked to. And um, her, but she's like working such an insane amount that I'm like, okay, well, obviously the answer yeah. is you have to bump your prices. I'm going to say just double them. Like, why not? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it is crazy. And this is somebody who's been in business for a long time. Like she, she knows what she's doing. It is so much easier to look at somebody else's business and be like, this is what you should do yep. <laughs> than to do yeah. it yourself. So, you know, all of this, like we can sit here and pontificate about how great it is and whatever. But that's exactly what I said to her when she was like, okay, okay. So what if I were to bump my prices up? And she like named the number that I was telling her and she was like, um, okay, but what if it doesn't work? I was like, just try it for three months. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you can go back. And she was like, so when I go back, I was like, uh, uh, the no, thing no, no, is, no, no. she was like, how would that work? Would I refund blah, blah, blah. And I was like, here's the secret. You will not yeah. go back. You will not. It won't happen. Yeah. So, but again, easier said than done. Um, but I think that's a good point you met, you say is that getting feedback from somebody else, whether, whether you go to have a mentorship with somebody or even just an industry friend or even a friend who's in a different industry, sure. like just talk to somebody outside of your own brain um, that can help you see the black and white of, of your struggle. Right. Um, right. Having somebody encourage you to do it so that you're, you don't think you're crazy, <laughs> you know, and that you are, in fact, I do need to do this. It, there's something huge to that. Just having somebody walk alongside you and, you know, kind of cheer you on through that process. Yeah. For me, it's, I like somebody to give me it to me as an assignment. If it's an assignment, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> that's like my Enneagram three status. I'm yeah, like, yes, yeah. Did nope. you check that box? That's on right. Me? A plus. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so right. yeah, it is. Oh, well, Sabrina, it is always such a massive pleasure talking to you. I feel like you're, um, you bring such a like can do no nonsense, but also like so much heart to to these struggles, because I do feel like it's a combination of the um, the realities and the kind of black and white. Let's look at the numbers, but also with that emotional piece. And um, and that's what I think you do with like a sprinkle of pixie dust. It's so good. Thanks, um, so just in case people are listening and didn't hear our first conversation last year, um, tell everybody where they can find you and what you've got going on in your own business. Yeah. Um, so I'm online, sabrinagebhardt.com. Uh, all the education stuff is backslash education. Um, I've got tons of great stuff on the blog and I love to spend time on Instagram. I actually do weekly live Q and A's on Thursdays where I like drop a question box. People ask questions. It's a mixed bag conversation. It's very fun. Um, but I've got a lot of education stuff going on. Um, I'll be speaking at a few conferences this year and, hopefully doing some other podcast interviews so you can catch me around. But I have a course called The Organized Photographer. You can get on a wait list on my website. It is the business side of the photography business. Um, and then I've got a mastermind that started this year, and it's been really, really fun. Uh, I've got a wait list going on for that. It's called Root to Rise, and it is 
heart work. So it is working on all this mushy, gushy boundary stuff and life stuff and goals and all of that. And then letting it bleed over, bleed over into your business. It is part mastermind, part book club, part a bunch of guest speakers. And then we do a retreat. So we're going to get together for three days here pretty soon and do some shooting and stuff. Um, I think that's all I have awesome. at least right now. <laughs> Just those so, few things going on, things. running yeah. a running a full photography business as yep. well. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. I am that. <laughs> well, and I will of course link your stuff since I know your last name is a little tricky with its J R D T, but um, it yeah, it is. Uh, it's great to have you on, and I am looking forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks for having me, friend. It was great to see you. Likewise. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.